0: Welcome to Ethereus Radio Live. The Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze.
1: A very warm welcome to all listeners of Ethereum Radio Live brought to you on Body, Mind Spirit Radio every third Tuesday of the month. Discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Now today, your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be discussing a fascinating subject. Channeling is a science, not a séance. So, without further ado, I hand you over to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nikki, and welcome, Richard. Hello. Hello, Chrissy, and thank you,
2: Nikki. I look forward to this show, another fascinating show. Of course, last month, just to remind listeners, we, we covered 10 ways your psychic powers can be used to help others. And Richard shared his experience in this field over several decades in a very practical way. And we very much hope it has encouraged our listeners to have a greater realisation of their own capabilities, and especially how these can be used in service to others. It really was a great show, Richard, that covered so much ground, but I just wondered if there's anything else you'd like to add. Well,
0: yeah, thanks very much. I mean, it was a very fast-paced show. We had to get these 10 ways you can help others, or your psychic powers can help others, Uh, in in packed into an hour so we sort of went through them bit by bit and we covered all 10 Um, and of course we could have really spent a show on every single one of them at least one show and of course those are things you know chrissy the reason that i wrote unlock your psychic powers in the beginning uh, was that i realized the only way you can really prove this is to do it yourself because even if you have fantastic telekinetic demonstrations Some people still won't believe it or they'll think it's trickery or whatever they think until they experience it and then they will know. And there's millions of people, millions of people who've experienced psychic powers, people who would say they are not at all psychic who've experienced it. But yes, I would like to add just a couple of other psychic powers. One is and one isn't really a psychic power, but I'll add it in. They're more advanced. They're more specialist. Neither of them is at all essential for anybody to do, uh, certainly at will. Um, they could happen naturally to some. But those are astral projection or leaving the body. It's very, very, very difficult thing to do, I believe, at will. It may be the most difficult thing I've ever attempted and done some years ago. But it can happen quite naturally as well. So that's another psychic power which can be very useful because then, if one is able to do it, and I'm certainly not a master of that, I have experience, though, and practiced it, and I'm not alone by any means, you can actually go to, to certain realms, particularly with, I believe, you normally have guidance in doing that, and actually not just receive messages if, or, or feelings or impressions, but meet the very source of those feelings and impressions. And the other power that I would mention, although it's not strictly a psychic one, is past life recall. You have to be extremely careful with that. It's very prone to delusion. You need those three words that I mentioned last time, three absolutely vital words for all developing psychics, I don't know. You've got to remember that and be able to say, I'm not sure whether it's this, whether it's that, but it can happen and you can uh, contemplate on it. And even if you're able to meditate on it and really start to remember lives, not just having a feeling or an impression about them. And I I think that will only happen if it's useful to you in a particular life, for example, to give confidence in a certain area, uh, to to warn you about things that weren't quite right. It's not the most pleasant of things. Remembering past lives sometimes, if you're honest with yourself, and there is a tendency if somebody has a vague feeling, for example, about Egypt, to assume, oh, I must have been a pharaoh then, or Nefertiti then, or and that, of course, is a big trap because that's the ego coming in. You, you you know you might have been a the cook. I mean, you've just you've got to be very very careful with that but it can, at certain times, for certain people, be helpful.
2: I certainly agree, Richard, that it can happen naturally, but usually at times when, well, with myself anyway, you feel kind of stuck, and this can happen, and it can be very, very helpful in one's own progress. But other than that, absolutely, I agree with what you're saying there. And Mm. um, I'm intrigued, Richard, what are the good and bad reasons you mentioned for these memories being hidden for most people you mentioned that there's also you know that as well
0: yes i, I did you and i were chatting and i did say that and mm-hmm. i i would say and this is my view on it let's start with the bad reason if you want to call it a bad reason and that that is really that it's conditioning uh, it's something which is very very prevalent on earth it's people's lack of self-belief and people's lack of belief in their own powers. It's true of psychic things as well. There are people who will have psychic impressions. Uh, They've got maybe very good powers of concentration. Quite inevitably, a contemplative state might arise upon them, and then an impression will come to them. But because they don't believe in such things, they assume it's their imagination. And the same could happen, of course, with past life recall. They just don't think they can do it. They may not even believe in reincarnation and past lives. And so they block it out when it does come. So that would be the bad one. They're going against nature in that way. But there was a good one very clearly explained by the Master Chang Fu. He was a Tibetan adept who spoke through Dr. King, uh, very involved in the Aetherius society, especially in the early days, no doubt now, but especially in the early days, through Dr. King. Um, he's always described by Dr. King as a Tibetan adept. I personally would think myself, and it's only an opinion, that he's actually of Chinese origin. That's just off as an aside. The name is certainly not Tibetan. It's, it's Chinese. And so is the voice. If you've heard it, as as we have, haven't we, Chrissy? It's, it's much, sounds to me anyway, much more like a Chinese type of Pronunciation, yes. maybe than a Tibetan one, but that's that's not the point. The point he made is that he was asked a question actually through Dr. King in the very early days. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I think it would probably be might even be before the command that early in, in the healing circle that Dr. King ran in in made a veil, that past lives are withheld from us is because it would be difficult psychologically for us to deal with them if we really remembered them. And He puts it in his own words as a very, uh, if I can say this, charming or endearing way of delivering his message, the Master Chang Fu. But he says basically if we had a full recall of some of the things we've done through the lives, it would be very, very unpleasant and hard to deal with. And only when we're ready to deal with them, and I would say use them in a constructive way and understand them from a karmic point of view, will such memories become available to us? Just one question it answers, of course, is this idea that so many people have, which is perfectly understandable. You know, why would God allow people to be born into the terrible situation some uh, children are born into and, and, and people get into? And the only answer to that is past life. You can't look at karma as a one life thing or you'll never understand it. Uh, yes, it can be not exactly instant, but it can happen quickly if you, uh, in certain cases. But it's a result of these things. And some of these things go a long way back. And some of these things are not at all pleasant memories. And we have to be able and ready to cope with them.
2: Yeah, thank you, Richard. Some very important points you raise there, and things that I know many people wonder about. So thank you for answering those points and quite succinctly there. Thank you. So, Richard, um, you've explained why. Uh, There's a very good reason why these memories are hidden for the most part. Would you like to say any more about the bad reasons? or
0: The only thing I'd say about that is, and I mentioned the conditioning and people's lack of self-belief and people being told that no such things exist. It it applies across the board. There is actually, and it's stated in the first freedom of the nine freedoms, a fear of psychic development too. It can be a fear, and it's a fear which can be instilled, by the way, in certain religions and in certain atheistic, uh, so-called scientific communities as well, and people are wary. They think they may have a mental health condition. And there is a, a whole discussion to be had, actually, about psychic development generally and mental health because there are some people making claims on the other side of things, believing they were all kinds of people they weren't and uh, you know believing they're in touch psychically with all kinds of people they aren't. And that does definitely... Lead If if it didn't originate with a mental health condition, it will certainly, if it goes on long enough, lead to one because they're becoming very, very deluded. So it could work on both ways. But in terms of not accepting our innate abilities, that's usually a result of forgetting the great sentence, realize your inner potential. And that title for that book was chosen personally by its main author, Dr. George King.
2: Yes, it's a great title. And it's so true that so so many people doubt themselves and reject, as you say, their innate natural abilities and powers, which is a shame. It Richard, is. I'm sure we could talk a lot, do another show, at least on, on uh, past life recalls, such a fascinating topic. But today, of course, our show is channeling is a science, not a seance. And I must say, Richard, you come up with some great titles. <laughs> um, it's
0: not, not the first time we've used that, but I think it summarises it, don't you?
2: Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. So, Richard, I wondered if you could explain to us uh, what made you choose this title, because most people wouldn't think of channeling as a science, actually.
0: No, they wouldn't. And that's where Dr George King really, really comes in. And I think there's there's two things, really. But the first one is the extraordinary abilities and explanations given by Dr. George King of the trance condition he used used when he acted as primary terrestrial mental channel for cosmic transmissions. And it is a very scientific and extremely technical description that he gives. And he gave it very, very early on in the very earliest issues of cosmic voice back in the mid-1950s. Um, he was, of course, directed as to what a technique would be required and guided to get some yoga classes so that he could bring on this somatic condition. We've talked about it before several times, uh, so I won't go into it in all in detail. But there's an early uh, issue of Cosmic Voice, actually issue number seven, and it's published in the in the book Cosmic Voice number volume number two, and, it I mean, it just is a complete breath of fresh air. It dispels the confusion, the wooliness that you get around mediumship, so-called séances. Those people doing them on the whole have no idea really what they are exactly technically doing or what state precisely they need to be in or how to control it, how to discern the calibre and the accuracy of the guides that they may have, and they may not have any guides, by the way, could all be in their own minds. We have to be very exact about it. And he replaces all that. And by the way, he grew up in two traditions. And we've said before, I think, that one of the really unique things about our teaching, the way we teach psychic development and, even, and spiritual development too, but certainly with psychic development, we combine the psychic, we went into this in the last show, with the yogic. And that's a, a really epitomized in Dr. King's early life, before he ever became primary terrestrial mental channel. He had experience, of course, of the yoga path for 10 years. Uh, he learned under uh, one particular yoga, Dr. Shastri, but others as well. He studied it and, above all, he practiced it. We all know that. He was also very connected to the spiritualist movement. So he saw both going on. And this article called Why Trance? as well as his brilliant lecture, by the way, Trance's various types, really turns this whole woolly, un- misunderstood, vague practice into a science. So I don't want to impugn anyone who takes part in seances and mediumistic gatherings. Their motives probably are very, very good. Uh, but as Dr King quoted, and it could be taken very literally in some cases, very literally indeed, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. He used to say that a lot, didn't he, Chrissy? Yes, he did. Yeah. That was one of his favourite sayings that he he knew a lot of proverbs and sayings, but that's one he quoted a lot. And in this case, it can be actually true. You know, that you could have a well-meaning guide who actually starts to channel if they if it really goes wrong for them, without knowing it, somebody literally from a lower astral realms, which could also be called the hell. So That's why the spiritual and technical guidelines are absolutely crucial. So, that's the first thing that Dr. King's mediumship really set the gold standard in a way which has never happened before. I really don't think there's any other description. Certainly, he's not Blavatsky, not Bailey, not whoever you look at, um, you know, know, not um, even Swedenborg or any of the other sort of great. People who brought communications from higher sources have gotten close, I would say, to the explanation that Dr. The scientific explanation how he was guided and given advanced kundalini-related exercises he needed to induce the trance state required by the cosmic masters to deliver their message. That's why you can rule out so many. I wanted to say all, but I'm not going to say all because you never know. You've got to keep an open mind. But certainly the majority of claimants to have to be channeling mediumistically in a trance extraterrestrials. There could well be no other genuine mediums today channeling extraterrestrials in a trance because they would require or they certainly required of Dr. King that very, very elevated state. And. I mean, I actually believe, Chrissy, that any medium who's who's unable to use somatic trance for their mediumship, and that would be all the mediums I've come across. I certainly have never used somatic trance uh, in mediumship. I don't think they should practice trance mediumship at all. That's just again my opinion because I don't think they will have control sufficiently over the accuracy, the content, and in certain cases even the source of the communications they get using a trance state. I want to stress that I'm not referring to telepathic communications, by the way, there, or uh, clairaudient communications. I mean, Madame Blavatsky, from all we can gather from all that she said, she used clairvoyance, telepathy or clairaudience by dictation, rather than having intelligences speaking through her voice. And I think that would be the method. And of course, if one used that method, it wouldn't be nearly, nearly as good as what Dr. King did. It wouldn't be as accurate. But more importantly, you wouldn't have the sound, the energy, the vibration of the voice. I think it might be useful, Chrissy, at this point in discussing this to, to look at chapter two uh, from You Are Responsible. It's a wonderful chapter in there, actually. It's called Yoga and Telepathy. And even at that very early stage, I don't really know how early that was. You know, we have the original handwritten uh, version by Dr. King of chapters one and two of You Are Responsible. I don't know if you knew that, Oh well, No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that would be in, his, in our archives. I think, uh, well, certainly either in L.A. or London, we have the original of him having written that. And I always get, and I, rightly or wrongly, I always get the feeling that was written very early. You know, not when the book was published, which I think was 1961. I always get the feeling he wrote that and it's in a certain style. It's a very readable style. It's beautifully written, very uh, open and inviting. And I think, you know, he may have intended to write a whole book in that style. And you get the feeling then he, he got very, very busy and he put a lot of other things in. And he put in you know his various experiences and a series of transmissions and the book was finished later on. But whether that's true or not, it was certainly written in the early days. Perhaps you'd be kind enough to read us an extract from that, Chrissy.
2: Oh, certainly, Richard. My pleasure. So this is uh, Dr King. I found that the best results were obtained by first practicing certain pranayama exercises, after which a positive trance condition was consciously brought about by very deep concentration upon a certain chakra. If telepathy is done in this way, then you may be unaware of what you are saying at the time, depending upon the depth of trance you are able to induce. This, this of course, must not be confused with the negative trance condition, which is brought about in some séance rooms. Such a condition is caused by the medium so negating his mental faculties as to allow a discarnate entity to make use of them. Such so-called mediums do not know who is going to use them, for how long, or even, if this dangerous condition is practiced often, when such a trance condition will appear. I have the greatest respect for those mediums who are able, at will, to tune into mental and spiritual radiations emanating from great beings inhabiting spheres of a higher vibratory octave and different dimensional framework from the one in which they exist. But I feel it is very essential to warn all those who seek to develop the negative types of trance condition not to do so. These misdirected people can only tune into the astral realms and may contact or be used by a being less evolved than themselves. All mediumship has its pitfalls. But if a would-be medium studied the teachings of the masters and acted upon their advice, then little harm could result. That's fascinating, Richard. Isn't
0: it? It's so technical, isn't it?
2: It really is, yeah. Mm. You... You said there were two things that made you choose the title, by the way, Richard, channelling from science to seance. You did explain the first, but perhaps you could also explain the second reason.
0: Yeah, well, yes, thank you. As Dr. King wrote, and and you just read, all mediumship has its pitfalls, I'm quoting from him now, but if a would-be medium studied the teachings of the masters and acting upon their advice, then little harm could result. And so we're very fortunate in that we do have the advice. We do have some guidelines given to us by the masters about mediumship. And it's really an amazing thing. We've taught, There's a particular event, and we've mentioned it before, which took place in November 1956 on Shambhala, which is often described as a, a mystic island. It's actually a satellite, really. It's, it's above the earth. It was certainly positioned above the Gobi Desert, it, it may be still, I don't know, but even Dr King used to say that, it could in theory move, but that's where it's traditionally believed to be located. And this particular meeting in November 1956 was attended by two Lords of the Sun. Now, I don't think, Chrissy, at least I don't know, of a, a report of a meeting held on Earth, attended by Lords of the Sun, has been given to us anywhere else. It doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but don't think we've heard about it. And, and uh, when I say on Earth, Shambhala is connected to Earth and is relatively close to Earth and it's part of the vibration, as it were, of human existence on Earth at the highest possible level, of course. Uh, it's not, it, it, the, the great ones in it are the Lord Buddha and other great masters, but it's still around Earth. I I just don't know of such an event. I think it's obviously got to be extremely rare. We know of the uh, precautions that were taken during the initiation of Earth when a Lord of the Sun came anywhere close to Earth, never mind on Earth. So it's obviously a massive thing. Now, other intelligences at that particular meeting were the Lord Buddha, the Master Jesus, um, and masters known and and theosophists will be interested in this as M and K-H. And there may well have been other masters there too. I, I, I certainly, the Master theorist obviously took part in the meeting because he describes voting at it. Now, some of the decisions that were made at that meeting were revealed by the Master theorist himself. And they're published in Cosmic Voice Volume 2. And among those are key decisions about channeling. So I think the best thing, Chrissy, if you would kindly read extracts from the words, these were delivered by the Master Etherius. It was a report of the decisions made at that incredible meeting in November 1956, uh, delivered through Dr. King by the Master Etherius, and we're looking at the ones that were made in relation to channeling.
2: Yes, thank you. It just shows how important this topic is. Yeah. Uh, the Master Ethereus. It has definitely been decided that certain communication channels shall be kept open, but other communication channels shall be closed. Those channels which will be kept open are the channels which have been through selfless sacrifice instrumental in spreading unbiased truth into the mind belt of terror. Some channels of psychic communication are to be closed because they have been given every opportunity to help to spread the universal message, and yet they have made it a personal thing. Such channels are to be discontinued. I want it known that should such channels still seem to remain open, you will know beyond a doubt that they are but relaying their own thoughts and not the thoughts of the great inspirers. This action was decided upon in the hope that people would use their inherent honesty and not try to confuse the man in the street.
0: So that's a a big change. And I think, to be clear, the decision that was made to keep certain communication channels open and to close others means, this is how I would see it, Chrissy. communication channels that are approved by the great ones. Channels that... Uh, On Shambhala, the hierarchy, the spiritual hierarchy of Earth, would accept and recognize as approved communication channels upon Earth. Uh, Not necessarily used by them. They might be not capable and probably are not capable of receiving messages from masters, mostly channels, but nevertheless, they're approved channels. I don't think it means that every channel that doesn't fall within this remit will be stopped by some kind of outside intervention. It just means they'll be, as it were, um, non-approved. Uh, they won't be part of the cosmic plan or the spiritual plan for this earth. They'll be outlawed, as it were, from a karmic point of view. But if they go on, they go on. So certain channels, as described there, communication channels will be kept open, and we've been given some guidelines as to what kind of channels they will be others will be closed as far as the powers that be are concerned and there's an innate warning i think there to would-be mediums and a very compassionate yardstick for them actually that if they're humble enough to accept it and that's a big if i think with a lot of people sadly uh then they can know that if these guidelines are not followed the messages they're claiming to channel are either from their own imaginations or from a misguided or even a malevolent entity and that's quite a warning um, because he's saying that if they fall outside these guidelines you can be 100% sure they're not legitimate in terms of the great masters anyway and as such they should be rejected by seekers of truth but please continue Chrissy.
2: Yes that's so helpful isn't it especially for people who are seeking and getting into the psychic development. So I'll continue with this reading. The few channels that are to be kept open can easily be recognized. They will, irrespective of their personal opinion of the mental balance used, express a cosmic opinion.
0: Absolutely. Now, I must say that there is an error in cosmic voice in the word used isn't published there. So it just said the personal opinion of the mental balance. But we did some research and our producer, Nikki, listened to the audio, and it's actually the mental balance used. So the term mental balance is another term, I think, Chrissy, denoting a mental channel. It's actually used in another transmission as well in that period by Mars Sector 6, that term mental balance. So that's what it means, regardless of the opinion of whoever the uh, medium happens to be, um, that they will still channel which, which, something which expresses a cosmic opinion. I've got a very, very interesting little story. It's not quite about that, but it's a very interesting example of a medium who, whose opinion was not of a cosmic nature, and yet still cooperated with some guides on a cosmic project. But why don't we, before I tell that story, go to a break, Chrissy?
1: Yes, good idea. Let's do that, Richard. Well, gosh, uh, that's uh, very informative and very practical words, which are indeed inspiring for all who hear them. So, thank you very much, Richard and Chrissy. You are listening to Ethereum Radio Live with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze discussing channeling is a science, not a seance. At 12 midnight GMT, November the 4th, we welcome again into orbit of Earth that wonderful giant spacecraft we know as the third satellite, flooding our world with much needed spiritual energy. Once more, we are indebted to these compassionate gods from space for this spiritual push or magnetization period, which lasts until December the 10th. So, during this period, all actions performed with a selfless motive are enhanced by a factor of 3,000 times. Fantastic! You are warmly invited to join us for this potent service to mark the first hour of the fourth and final spiritual push for 2023, which will be live-streamed from the etherist Temple in Los Angeles. Also, there will be two King Yoga Experience events being held at the temple in London. Tuesday, November the 7th, Higher Realms of Existence with Ayub Malik and starts at 7 pm. Saturday, November the 18th, How to Really Escape the Matrix with a Darren Ball and that starts at 5 pm. Now, on Friday, November the 17th at the Eastern USA branch in Michigan, Yes, Michigan, starting at 7:30 p.m., there will be a fascinating talk given by Chrissy Blaze entitled "UFOs: Their Spiritual Message to Earth." Details of all these events are on our website, Aethers.org. And now for the next Aethers Radio Live show on November the 21st. Exciting news: We are hoping that Brian Kniep will join us when yet more fascinating subjects will be covered in this hour. Of truth. So that's it for now. And I'm very pleased to hand you back to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nikki.
0: Thanks, Nikki. And Chris, Chrissy, I was just saying, I was going to tell an interesting little story. It's not quite in the league of this. I'm not saying that this psychic I'm going to describe uh, was an approved channel by the powers that be, or maybe, I don't know. But I was uh, in Australia years ago, uh, back in. Ooh, I think it would be 1980-ish, that long ago, 40 years ago, doing a tour. And while I was there, I was uh, I was there with uh, Christine Nielsen, actually. She hadn't yet met Ray, so she wasn't called Christine Nielsen then. Or well, she'd met him, but they weren't um, engaged or married. But that's by the by. We had to go to a place called Wollongong in Australia. And we, we had to set up a, a lecture in the evening. I had TV shows, radio shows, and a very, very tight schedule. In fact, the schedule was too tight. I had to go to a newspaper interview as well, all in a day, uh, mm-hmm. for us to achieve all these things properly. Uh, that was our, our fault on the planning. So I was doing an interview at a, at lunchtime on a radio station in the studio in Wollongong on UFOs for an hour. And I came out after, at, at the end of the interview and there was a, I was told there's a lady waiting for you in reception. So I went, I saw her, I said, hello, you, you wanted to see me, but I'm in a bit of a rush, I'm afraid. And she said, well, I've been sent to help you by my guides. And, you know, you think, really? But I could tell you know, I was in a rush and we needed all the help we can, could get. And so I sensed it was fine. So I said, well, really, have you got a car? She said, yes. I said, great. Well, I've got to get to this TV station. And that means Christine can go and make the reservation for the hall tonight and pay the whatever and sort that out. So would you drive me? She said, yes. And she became my driver for the whole afternoon, right up till the lecture in the evening. In the meantime, Christine could make the other arrangements we had to make in Wollongong. But this is the point. She didn't believe in UFOs. She didn't even like the message I was giving. Uh, I are invited to the lecture she said no i don't like i don't believe in all that i don't want to come to your lecture at all, but she helped me all day because her guides had told her to do it 's a very unusual story, and it's a classic it's not maybe the sort of caliber that the master of theorists is referring to, but it was an example of someone whose personal opinion her personal opinion as an individual was absolutely not of in, you know to support our beliefs or anything but she was being guided to do so. Her guides believed in it. And so she did what they said. It's an unusual story, don't you think, Chrissy?
2: Oh, well, that's a fascinating story.
0: Yeah.
2: Very helpful. Cool. Just came at the right time.
0: Yeah. But, you know, where I think, where the Master Etherius talks about a cosmic opinion, I don't think he means, um, you know, necessarily receiving a message from a cosmic being. You could get a cosmic opinion from a guide. I've had that. You know, I've had uh, people speak through me. I've had Dante, Tolstoy, um, also Sir Francis Bacon, also Madame Blavatsky. I know that's a big claim, but I'll just throw it in for now. Those four have all given an opinion, a a very positive opinion, about the nine freedoms. So I would call that a cosmic opinion. It doesn't necessarily mean that the channel is capable, and I'm certainly not claiming to be capable, of receiving a communication from a cosmic intelligence. Thank you, Richard. So anyway, would you like to read on, please, Christine?
2: Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, This is another extract from You Are Responsible, which is a statement made by the Master of This present mental channel I am using is the only mental channel with the exception of two. One is now living in the Himalayas, and the other beneath Mount Shasta. The third mental channel I am using is the person you see before you. So I would like this known, and I would like to warn other groups who make such claims as to being in communication with me, that they should very, very carefully question their communicators, who are obviously pretenders. You know, many many discarnate entities from the etheric realms pretend to be planetary entities. And as the time goes on, this will happen more and more. It is unfortunate that these intelligences should waste valuable micro units of mental energy to put on this act, because when they are found out, as sooner or later they must be, then nothing they have ever said in the past has any value.
0: Yeah, that's, as you rightly say, from another transmission, isn't it? An, an, probably an answer to a question in You Are Responsible. And it's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, I'll give an opinion here that the Himalayas, he mentions a channel in the Himalayas. I think that's very likely to be um, the Lord Babaji himself. I don't know that. And he mentions another beneath Mount Shasta, and that's very likely to be Saint Guling, I think, who's often identified with Mount Shasta. But... Whatever, it's clear there that it is extremely rare. And of course, we know what happened with theosophy and still happens, uh, that everyone and their aunt claims, and often is their aunt, I shouldn't say that, but they claim to be in contact with the Master K.H., the Count St. Germain, all the, the Master Hilarion, other communicators associated with some of the great early genuine channels, Others jump in and he's made it very clear they're the mark. We have had, I've had people claim, tell me they're in touch and have received messages from the master of theorists or indeed from Dr. George King himself and clearly they aren't. And so we, we have a way here of avoiding confusion but also making it clear, I think, that nobody on earth would be capable of replacing Dr. King when he leaves us as primary terrestrial mental channel, that has been stated, it's been stated elsewhere. I think in 1967, in the five temples of God transmission, I think that stated that he will not be replaced. And that makes life easy. And I, I'm not going to say that nobody will ever receive a communication from the master Etherius, for example, who is suitably able to and within the etheric society but if they do it will not be as primary terrestrial mental channel and i believe that if they did they w- would not talk about it because they wouldn't want to talk cause any confusion and so they would know not to do that and if they didn't know not to do that they wouldn't be used by the mastery theorist if should that happen certainly you know talking about somebody i've done a lot of channeling if if I was ever to receive such a communication, I wouldn't uh, reveal that at all, and I, I think that's very clear, and it makes life very, very simple. Um, and of course, if anybody did, I'm sure they wouldn't be capable of doing so, or I'm not sure. It's always possible. It's unlikely they could do so in the condition, the kundalini-induced chakra-penetrated state that Dr. King used to receive a cosmic transmission. And he did also, by the way, I must say, receive mental transmissions telepathically, but they wanted their great revelation, such as the nine freedoms, the twelve blessings, to made, be made through him as their voice. So, coming back to the Shambhala meeting now, how could a cosmic uh, opinion be expressed with a few channels which will remain open? And that means rem- remain open with the sanction of the Great One. And as I mentioned earlier, I can only give myself uh, as an example. And that sounds quite shocking, but I have received messages from people from this earth on higher realms who have given some kind of a cosmic opinion. Your thoughts, Chrissy?
2: Well, Richard, I have a lot to say about this, actually. (laughs) It it may sound, you you mentioned, it may sound shocking. Well, it may sound shocking to some, but when you hear what the Master of has said about this, that the few channels kept open will express a cosmic opinion, this narrows it down a lot. And I have read some messages supposedly come from Alpha Centauri and even a planet, but I have never seen any great wisdom or inspiration or any mention of world service. They seem very basic and very personal. Of course, the master of theorists warned about that. But I don't think it's shocking at all, Richard, um, to mention yourself. And I think at this point in the show, I want to say a little bit about that because I know from firsthand experience over many decades, your experience as a medium. And it's not something I think you like to do. And this is why I really wanted to do this. Um, First of all, and this is really for the listener, I met Richard when he was only 18, and I know that you've worked intensely, Richard, since then at your karma yoga and your spiritual practices. Uh, You were always psychic right from the beginning, and I remember I was there with you and Alison when you started developing your mediumship, and that was probably about 40 years ago, and this was something you did after you had finished your karma yoga late at night, and I've also been with you and one or two others at various times when you've displayed remarkable psychic and mediumship abilities. Of course, the best mediums we can think of, we know have had extensive training. And Madame Levatsky, whom you mentioned, is one who springs to my mind. Um, this wonderful lady has several years of occult training from masters. But as far as this type of training, you have also had this Over many decades, I was there also in Ethereum's House London when you received constant direct training from our master almost every single day. Not only when he was physically in London, but also almost every night when he would call you from Los Angeles. And he also endorsed your psychic abilities. He endorsed you, I think, probably the only psychic. I think it definitely was. You were the only psychic that he endorsed in the Aetherius Society. And he endorsed your book, Unlock Your Psychic Powers. This is an international best-selling book, which I highly recommend. It's still available after 30 years of being in print, which is, in itself is very unusual and makes it a classic in its field. But another thing I'd like to say, and they may, may be more that you can add to this, but another thing I'd like to say, Richard, is your approach to what you do. Um, You are very, very hardworking, very inspired. You're extremely focused and extremely intense, which I believe, from my own very limited experience in in this matter, really is the key to getting results. Um, These are just some of the things I've personally witnessed, and I I hope you don't mind me bringing them up, because (laughs) I really do think that on this show and channeling, apart from our master, of course, who, as we know, is in a different league, apart from him, you're the only person I've ever come across in this field who really has these credentials. And I have to say, I've had a lifelong interest in psychic development. I used to go to spiritualist churches at the age of 14, and and this is a, a lifelong interest. I've met a lot of uh, mediums, several trance mediums over many ye- years. But you're the person who has the most credentials, the most experience um, in this field that I've ever met. And I think probably, this is quite a claim, I know, and you may disagree with me, but I think probably you're the only one on this physical plane on earth who has those credentials. So. Sorry, I've, I've embarrassed you, Richard, but I just have oh. to say it in this show.
0: <laughs> I don't know what to say, but thank you, Chrissy. But what I all I could say is, I do think though it's very important for um, a medium, someone who claims to be channeling, to provide their credentials. I do think that, and thank you for those kind words, Chrissy. I, I think a lot of people think, you know, well, you know, I just got this gift and I learnt it last weekend, and now I can do it. Even Dr. George King who came to earth as an avatar, and not only Dr. King actually, Jesus also, and the Lord Buddha also, there's three, underwent intensive periods of training for approximately 10 years. So even someone with the innate gifts of an extraterrestrial god felt it necessary when incarnated on earth to train and discipline and learn. And and there are loads of people who claim to be mediums out there, and they may be mediums—probably very woolly ones, probably very vague ones, probably fairly inaccurate ones—who don't even see the need for training at all, Um, and they are very wrong. I think past life experience, past life advancement, innate psychic abilities—and as you say, from my mid twenties, they became clear. They became clear to the to Dr. King, actually. I, I may have told the story. I don't want to keep repeating myself. I mean, he, I, the way he became aware of my the first thing he did when he heard about my psychic abilities was to tell me off because a, a woman had told him of a reading I'd given her and tell him, tell, he told me off for not telling him about them and said to me some very simple words. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. And then he, after that, he encouraged me tremendously and I made some mistakes 40 years ago, and he put me right and encouraged me to keep going. I even had to give Dr. George King a reading myself. He got me to give him a reading. Can you imagine that, anybody? <laughs> that, that's a nerve-wracking thing. But I did it, and occasionally he'd ask for my psychic view. So you are right. He did endorse that. There was another person, actually, who's no longer on this level now, who he did set up as a psychic um, practitioner for a while, not to the same extent as myself. That was Alan Mosley. Um, but he didn't publish anything about his channeling experiences in Cosmic Voice, as he did with me, and or allowed me to do. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I think credentials, putting me aside, are vital. And I think a lot of people just don't have them, and they don't realize. I mean, very few people can say they've practiced yoga of any kind for eight hours a day for 10 years never, never mind 30 years never mind 40 years every day and spiritual practices and done uh, th- I mean I've done psychic and ch- for example I've done psychic and channeling practice at least every week for 40 years probably more than every week sometimes every day but certainly every week on top of the yoga the spiritual practices and so on and I only mention that because I think it's incumbent on people To show their credentials, and most of them don't have much at all. And so, just to say, Well, I was born with it, is not nearly enough. And one could go in quite a lot of length into this, but thank you for those words, Chrissy. Um, I actually think it's an interesting conundrum, and we may have talked about this before, as to how would. For for Ethereum Society uh, listeners, of which we have many, I think, I want to be clear, though, having said that, by the way, and let me be absolutely clear here, there is no requirement on any member, uh, no one's asked me to say this, it's something I feel I should say, any member, any sympathiser of the Ethereum Society to believe in my channeling. I am not channeling teachings. We don't need any more teachings. I am just getting guidance, inspiration, advice, some of which I share. Um, That's all I'm doing. And if people who are in the society, I think they'd be very strange if they disbelieved it because they've got no, (laughs) they can't possibly know, but they could certainly not know. They might not be interested. That's fine. I I really couldn't care less. That's a, a point I want to make. I don't want to bring any confusion to the table or people think it's a requirement now to believe Richard Lawrence channels. No, it isn't. It is not at all. Uh, but it is true. It does happen. And I look at Chrissy, and we talked, you and I, before about this, as how would the 12 blessings have been given? I'm sure we've covered this before. And it would have been around about the year 2010 if Dr. King wouldn't have been here, and that was the original date for the 12 blessings to be given. It was given 52 years early, approximately. Um, I, I don't think it would have been given to someone in a trance state. I think it would have been given to someone through dictation. I think it would have been given as we hear the book of Revelation was given by Jesus to an angel to Saint John the Divine, um, from in other words by the Master Jesus to someone on a higher realm that he could uh, have a rapport with, from that person to a person here through dictation, through clairvoyance, clairaudience, mainly telepathy. And that person would have written it down and the result would have been a much, much less accurate document. Um, but that's the only way I can think it could have been done. Uh, had, had And luckily, it doesn't have to be done because we've got the voice of the Master Jesus delivered through Dr. King. Um, I don't think, Chrissy, it would be very difficult in the light of these words of the Master Etherius for any proven channel now not to refer this is me speaking here in some way to the Ethereum society because the Ethereum society now has the main cosmic developments Uh, undoubtedly there are others and maybe those would be given under certain express conditions to certain channels but actually i think now it would be Any approved channel who's giving a cosmic opinion, giving some of the developments in the cosmic plan, almost inevitably would need to refer to the Ethereum Society in some some way, unless, of course, they were in in an area or some condition where nobody could gain access to the Ethereum Society for some reason. It was impossible to find out about it. Uh, What are your thoughts, Chrissy?
2: Well when one first hears that it it seems surprising but after what you said about this and in the light of what the master ethereus said and with a little honest thought it seems to me to be absolutely logical it seems correct um so yes i mean it's quite a revelation actually but it makes a lot of sense to me
0: yes well we'll we'll see we have to keep open-minded but Perhaps you could read on and give us some more guidelines, Chrissy.
2: Yes, um, I'd like to read some of the other guidelines that the Master of Theorists gave after this meeting on Shambhala about how to recognize the few genuine channels which remain open. They will be willing to work for the peace of the world. They will express a balanced opinion and not a political one. These are the ways in which you will be able to sort out the wheat from the chaff I personally propose that all types of astral communications be cut entirely. But however, it was decided that certain astral contacts should be left open because in these cases, much grief is eradicated by many who have lost those very dear to them. I abide then by the majority decision. Yeah, that's that's
0: fascinating insight, isn't it? And the way I would read that is the master of because he's a master of understatement, agreed to abide by it, not because he had to abide by it. And there were obviously people at the meeting who felt this. I've had experience certainly of helping people in their grief. And it can be extremely helpful. But I must say, as the years have gone by, I can also completely understand why the Master of Theorist would propose all types of astral communications be cut entirely, because it's so misused. One interesting thing is where does where are the astral levels as opposed to the higher mental realms? I definitely don't think levels five and six would be considered to be astral realms. Um, certainly, some of the lower ones, um, and, and, and by lower ones, I mean above level one, would be, I'm sure. Where, for example, where level four falls in that, I simply don't know. Uh, but it's it's interesting, and it all. I mean, the caliber of the master theorists. It wouldn't even amaze me, Chrissy, and this is just me, if he wasn't an aspect of a Lord of the Sun anyway, and <laughs> he might even have been one of the Lords of the Sun that came to that meeting. Who knows? We we don't know, but certainly he's agreed to abide by that decision. But please read on, Chrissy.
2: Thank you, Richard. Yes, that's a lot to think about. What you just said. <laughs> I will continue. The master of theories. All the major communication channels, you would call them mediums, will have in future to tune in at specific times to any communications coming from us through interplanetary parliamentary systems. This doesn't mean that all forms of mediumship, as you would call it, will need to do this, but the major forms of it, such as the present system of communication, has always made this demand, and all such major forms will make this demand in the future. There is a very good reason why this should be so. Now, you may be rather surprised that we discuss things such as this, but I can quite easily answer the queries in your mind. Do you see all major communication channels will, in future, have greater power than ever before? This power must be used for the good of all and not for any political reason. That is why such a thing was discussed.
0: Absolutely fascinating. And we have there the phrase major communication channels. Uh, it doesn't mean that all forms of mediumship would do this. So we have the major ones. All the major ones uh, would refer and tune in at specific times to communications coming through interplanetary parliamentary systems. Now, that must mean either they're receiving direct communications from cosmic intelligences themselves. They'd have to be capable of that. And bear in mind this was 1956, Uh, Adepts number two and three hadn't yet come into the picture as far as it was known by people generally then. And they would be um, absolutely in in, in receiving communications through Interplanetary Parliament uh, as the years went on. Um, It would reply to masters. But it's another reason why I do feel that a major communication channel, I can't see how, that's recognized by the powers that be that they would never refer to the Ethereum society uh, because of the missions, apart well, from anything else the society does. I mean, things have changed since then. We've there were no missions then, Starlight hadn't been done. Never mind any of the other missions. Now they have. You can't get up beyond a certain stage without doing Operation Prayer Power. So I actually think the the actual what you might call major communication channels are very, very Few and far between. I personally think that it wouldn't apply to a terrestrial individual with relatively limited capabilities unless that person was in an extremely unusual position. And then it would be done more in deference to their position, uh, their occult position, or if you like, their karmic or position, or even their cosmic position than to themselves and if such an individual were used in that way and I did mention a possibility of things going down through the realms from higher powers to higher realms to an individual if they were used in that way they would be very careful not to make any claims which could cause confusion and if they weren't able to do that, if they weren't competent enough to do that, it would be known by the great ones, and they wouldn't be used. That would be my view on that but i I don't know what what you feel about that before we come to our our final statement, Chrissy
2: absolutely well, I have to agree with you it's, okay um, so yeah. let's let's get to the final statement shall we that was given by Mars sector Six delivered through him on july the twenty first nineteen sixty four which is published in our master's biography, The King Who Came to Earth. Search, as you will, throughout the world that we refer to as terror, you will never find greater teachings more simply given, greater truth with less distortion than you find in and through mental channel number one.
0: I don't think we can add to that. I think those are wonderful words to end with. And I think in and through is a key part. In other words, in himself in his own right and through him as a primary terrestrial mental channel. These are the greatest teachings on Earth and with less distortion. And that comes back to the accuracy. So thanks so much, Chrissy. Uh, thanks to our producer, Nikki. And I think that's bringing us towards the final closing words of our producer, Chrissy.
2: Thank you very much, Richard. And uh, I just want to say one thing: people can easily prove the truth of that statement to themselves by studying our teachings, as many of you do already. Thank you. And over to
1: Nikki. Well, I think I could listen to you two uh, all day. <laughs> Thank you so much, Richard and Chrissy, for sharing such clear. Understandable information and fascinating revelations, which I believe has swept away any doubts or mystery surrounding channeling. So remember, 12 midnight GMT, November the 4th, we welcome again into orbit of our Earth that wonderful giant spacecraft we know as the third satellite, flooding our world with much needed spiritual energy. The potent first hour service will be live streamed from the Etheris Temple in Los Angeles. Do join us, please, for the next Aetherius Radio live show on November the 21st, when yet more fascinating subjects will be covered in this Hour of Truth. If you would like to find out more on the facts or publications mentioned in the show, details are on our website. You can connect with your hosts, Richard, through his website, richardlance.co.uk, and also with Chrissy through her new website chrissyblaze.com we hope you enjoyed the show and thank you so much for listening and we look forward very much to your company next month